This was the time we got to see the batch existing. Hunter says, go have fun. They're like, are enjoying their time and we've never seen that before. And I don't want it to end. I would be very happy with the show just stopping now. everyone to Krypton 2 Alderaan. I'm Joey, your Star Wars lover. And with me is Royish. Good luck. Hello, podcast. Hello, Joey. Happy Bendu Day. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing that in from the Mandalorian episodes. And we are the podcast that analyzes nerdy pop culture, but it's mostly Star Wars. And this episode, we'll be discussing the Bad Batch season two, episode 13. Pabu. So get your drinks with an umbrella in them ready. But first, you know, Royce, in the past week, we have had a lot of traffic on YouTubes. We hit our 100 subscriber mark. And for the first time, we had an episode hit over 1000 views on YouTube. I think I will mark the date and time for this momentous occasion. <laughs> uh, I love tech. Lots of new views, lots of new subscribers, lots of new comments. I love, love, love all of the interaction. It's been amazing uh, chatting with you all in the YouTube comments. If you'd like to get in on it, consider subscribing to us. Thank you all so, so, so much for your support. You can also find us on any social media. Just search Krypton2 Alderaan. Thanks again. And let's talk about that beautiful tropical paradise. Pabu! <laughs> okay, here is my synopsis for The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 13, Pabu. After officially cutting ties with Sid, Clone Force 99 finds themselves hiding away on a tropical paradise planet. Eating, drinking, and general merriment is in store. Have the Bad Batch found their new home? Or is danger right around the corner? Put that on the DVD box set. <laughs> I love being able to just copy and paste <laughs> in our little uh, video. <laughs> Royce, what did you think of this episode? I thought this was a really sweet episode. Hmm. But, you know, when they arrive at Pabu, I don't remember Fee's exact words, but she's describing what the place is, that they hide their artifacts there, and it's this home for refugees. And I think she calls it, like, my home away from home. Yeah. It was obviously beautiful. It's got this kind of garden sanctuary vibe. And, yeah, it's like a spa for the Bad Batch. After all of the turmoil they have been through recently, it's not a tundra. It's not a war zone. It's not a horror movie. Although Danger maybe still finds them, as you alluded to in your, your DVD box cover. But it's a little bit of a relief from some of the last episodes that we had. Yeah, the Archeum is what she calls that place where they store the artifacts. I got vibes from like Octu. You have this island surrounded by ocean, but it's a beautiful place with, you know, native creatures and people that are taking care of that, that locale and like being old and remote and just kind of obviously similar imagery there. And maybe the fact that it's like untouched by evil, you know, houses, ancient artifacts, and so forth. Very interesting that you say that, Royce. I have to jump to a part of the end of my notes. I agree with you, and in many ways, it reminded me of, and is the antithesis to, Mount Tantus. 
Mount Tantus is where they're like, you know, they brought Crosshair. It's where all the cloning stuff is happening. It's where they have Nala Se locked up and they brought Lama Sue, who's prisoned. So they have one mountain in this series already where they are forcing people to go. They are bringing people against their will and keeping them there against their will. And then we have Pabu, which is visually looked very similar to me. You know, one's on land in the jungle, one's in the middle of the water. This is a place for refugees. People are going there from their own free will, as much free will as they can with nowhere else to go. You know, the empire is ruining their cultures. But yeah, I did not see Octu, but I saw the direct antithesis of Mount Tantus. Mountains are becoming very important in Star Wars this week. We even got a mountain on Coruscant, the tallest mountain mm. that's at the bottom of the, the city. Forgot what they called that, but hmm. A lot of mountain uh, parallels going on here. Mm, should we talk about mountains for the rest of the episode? No. What do you think of this new outlook on Fee? Probably the last time we talked about Fee was the last episode we saw her in. And I know I was being kind of harsh, calling her like a tomb pilfer, or tomb raider type thing. And in this episode, they really kind of address that. Uh, so how did you feel? I mean, we got some idea of who she was when they were on that Zepho looking planet. But that was like, you know, our Mando episode, we were talking about good and evil. You know, is she actually a nice person or is she just a, a pilfer, you know? So in this episode, they made it seem like, no, she actually is a really sweet person. She's bringing these artifacts back to this museum of sorts. It belongs in a museum and I have a museum, so we're going to put it in mine. And that they have refugees there as the citizens and they allude to the native Muno creatures that were there before the inhabitants, but they coexist with each other. So all of that ties in with Fee's character that she lives in this sweet world, or I guess it's not her home, but her home away from home. Maybe she is also a sweet person, which I didn't really care much for her in the episode she was in already, but this sort of made me buy into her. I wish this was how we met her originally, so there wasn't so much ambiguity of like, are you a criminal? Because we met you through Sid, and Sid is most certainly a criminal, and they're setting us up to really not like Sid. So I kind of felt like Fee was originally just like another, it's another Sid. Mm. But in this episode, they're showing that it's the opposite, and Sid's never even been to Pabu, you know, her home away from home. She says, I only bring friends here, and, and Sid's not a friend, or whatever that is. So, so a lot more information about Fee's character and her values, and I don't, I still am having a hard time, like, being into her character, but I love that she showed the Bad Batch this other world that they could potentially live in that they've never seen before. We saw lots of scenes of Omega, you know, breathing in the air, being out in the ocean, having that reminding her of her home on Camino, but saying that it's like different, like maybe she was more free there. Like she really seemed to enjoy breathing the air. She sleeps under the tree with Wrecker and they're just, they're at the spa relaxing. And that was a life they maybe didn't know that they could have. And Fee shows that to them. So, yeah, I don't know. Again, I still don't really love Fee, but I like what she's doing for the Bad Batch, which is the common thread in this season that they keep learning about these new cultures and different ways to live. Yeah, I assume you're probably picking up some of those same themes, but did you look at Fee differently from this episode versus the others? Yeah, big time. I think what this season has done is this season has brought me on board with tech, made me like tech a lot more, turned me around on Crosshair last episode, and now this episode with Fee. And it's so much more than this belongs in a museum, which is part of what I had a problem with last time. And it's more, we are collecting these from cultures that are being destroyed so that the cultures can live on. It made it seem like they're not necessarily old artifacts, but more like 
artifacts that this culture had actively until the empire and now they need to be stored somewhere so it needs to be archived right which fits right in with the theme we've been talking about for tech this season of him chronicling these cultures him learning these cultures and coming to understand them and wanting to make sure that they don't fade away well the zepho world was like destroyed so they were going to take the artifact and then preserve it rather than like it's just there and no one's there to appreciate it yeah, are you keeping these things safe from the Empire, and we know that the Empire is decimating cultures in this, in Andor, right? They're, they're actively destroying cultures. I think that ties a little bit into what the mayor says, the mayor Shep, he says, we're a remote island with limited resources, why would the Empire come here? Well, the Empire is actively destroying cultures, and if they see you have these items that promote individuality and culture, they will come and destroy them, along with maybe some other resources that you have there now as of the Bad Batch getting there. But I like what you said about Fee being the opposite of Sid, maybe, for this group. And this episode, everything is the opposite. Pabu is the opposite of Mount Tantus. Fee is the opposite of Sid. I know this is very, like, black and white, but even, like, the setting of the episode, the visuals, the music, every single thing is opposite of last week's which was the Crosshair episode, which was very heavy, dark and broody, and like going through Crosshair's redemption and very like emotional in a very different way. So I really like that idea of this episode being the opposite. I also think that that lends it to us falling in a little bit of a false sense of security. What did you think coming off of last week's and into this one? Crosshair went to the outpost, snow planet, dark, stormy. Now we're on a bright, sunny, talk about opposite. The way we started the season, bright, sunny paradise planet, then went to a crosshair episode. Now we've got a crosshair episode and we go to a bright, sunny paradise planet. It's like poetry. <laughs> How did this episode make you feel? And I'm curious if last week's episode had an impact on how this one made you feel. I initially didn't like the intro to this one where they were doing a deal and Fee was there because I was like, oh, great, another zany adventure. Fee's a little zany, but she's obviously not Sid. <laughs> but they get rid of that deal and then they go over to Pabu. But I didn't want them to be doing like a, like a trade-off of artifacts or whatever because we've done that a few times. And those episodes are okay, but I didn't want to do another. It's another Fee episode. They go to Pabu and they learn. I really enjoyed when we got to Pabu and the music was bright and airy. And I watched this Bad Batch episode immediately after the Mandalorian episode three. So this was also levity from that episode as well, I feel like. So it was kind of welcomed. I don't know if any of that was planned, but it's just nice sometimes when the TV you're watching isn't stressful and isn't reminding you too much of the real world. And you can just, you could also go vicariously to the spa with the Bad Batch. So that was welcomed for me. I wasn't really thinking of it directly from last week's episode, but it's interesting you mentioned that. And also, wasn't the Bad Batch not in the last episode either? I don't remember how exactly that was bookended, but we didn't even spend time with them last episode, right? Right, it was all crosshair. So there you go. So it was nice to catch back up with them, and we weren't dropped into the middle of another war zone to keep it heavy. I think maybe you're right, lulling into this false sense of security moving into a big grand finale when everything hits the fan. Yeah, it's funny you say that because about halfway through the episode, I did start getting this sense of heaviness. And it's because I was aware of the false sense of security. But this episode was so joyous and 
like you're saying, Omega out at sea, breathing in the air. I also really love the ocean and I love going to the beach and like, like you're saying, could live vicariously through her. That's a very happy place for me. So all of that, it all felt nice. It looked nice. It was beautiful and it was fun. And there wasn't danger, right? Like last week with the Crosshair episode, we talked about the Empire being the real monster. This episode, there's no villain. It's the Batch. They're having dinner and dessert. Wrecker's like, I've never been full. I love this place. I love that. Lots of great lines as well but very peaceful. Like there's an earthquake and a tsunami and they have to save the day and it's great and they save everyone just this once, Rose. Everybody lives. <laughs> I'll put that gif in the video. But it was just so nice to see, which I can't help but think is a false sense of security. I would say like about halfway through the episode, I started to get a little emotional just thinking about the, the true weight of this episode. Did you feel an air of melancholy through this. I know you said it's bright and happy and sunny and they're all having fun. Well, you're right. There wasn't impending doom like, you know, the Death Star is charging its weapon and we have to outrun them or whatever. There wasn't there weren't stakes at the very beginning. They were just hanging and then they feel the tremor. And at first they're like, happens all the time. Totally cool. And then they find out it's a once in a decade or whatever event that it doesn't happen all the time. But OK, there's going to be a big tidal wave. And that's not great for the villagers. But it, like you said, it's not the same as the empire or like an oppressive regime or a war. You know, no one had to draw their blasters. So it wasn't he didn't have to murder anybody to get out of the situation. And everybody seems to make it out OK in the end anyway. But there was foreshadowing through that. I think that's interesting. The oh, this is normal. And then they're like, well, it happens every now and then, you know, it boils to a point and everything pops off. Maybe that's foreshadowing. And then, of course, the mayor, Shep, says that, oh, the Empire would never come here, but if they did, we'd be okay. So that's, of course, another foreshadowing on top of that. And Sid was saying, I'll get you guys good. You don't want to cross me. So, yeah, those things could be boiling to a point, even though they weren't really immediate threats throughout the episode. Yeah, I think there's a lot there. What got me in the feels with this episode, what started to make me feel a little bit more emotional was thinking about where they had come from, everything they'd been through this season, and they have a break, right? No one knows where they are. They're on this paradise. It was so nice to see, which is like, I'm very happy for them, swelling with that happy emotion. But then thinking about what comes next, the idea that this can't last hit me more in this episode of television than I can think of any other. Like, if we're watching Mandalorian, if we're watching any episode in the first season of The Bad Batch, I feel like we're always looking to the future. What comes next? We ask the question at the end of every one of these Krypton to Alderaan episodes. But that question after this episode, I'm so afraid of that question now. And I feel so bad. Like, this was the time we got to see The Batch existing. Hunter says, go have fun. You know, they're like, are enjoying their time. And we've never seen that before and I don't want it to end. I would be very happy with the show just stopping now. You have the boat scene with Omega and Liana, and she says, mm -hmm. we never stay anywhere for long. Doesn't that get lonely? Yeah, doesn't that get lonely? Oh, I never really thought about it. So they're opening their eyes there, but Omega knows like, oh yeah, we jump around all the time, but it might be nice maybe, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, to stay somewhere. And the mayor tells Hunter, hey, in Pabu, you get a clean slate. A uh, chance to start over. This is a better place to raise a child. And of course, Hunter's doing a lot of parenting in this episode, as per usual. 
And then Fee says something like, hey, a little stability might do you all some good. So they're in this moment, they're like, this is a great place. We should stay here. And then there's the tidal wave and they say they're going to stay to rebuild. But they're definitely alluding to the fact that they can't stay at Pabu because maybe it'll be dangerous for them there. Maybe they'll have to leave and the people of Pabu will be fine. But they certainly need to find their own Pabu. Oh, no, I think Pabu could be their own Pabu. Just let them be happy in Pabu. They're going to have to leave or the when the Empire comes in, like whatever the planet was from two weeks ago with the giant monster, you know, they rounded up the villagers like we don't want that to happen again. That could be something that Hunter says, you know, like this is yeah. we're going to repeat this. We can't stay here. It won't be good. For the villagers, they're already refugees. We cannot do this to them again. So they have to leave Pabu, but they they can still find their own. I hope that they leave before the Empire gets there. My Part of my fear is that the Empire will find them there and do exactly what they did to the villagers when they go after the Zillow Beast and destroy the Archeum, housing all of those cultures. So I'm afraid. You said last week, scared. You had in your notes, scared. <laughs> I have here with this episode, I'm afraid for the future of the Bad Batch and Pabu. If the Empire shows up, they will destroy everything, and that's very, very sad. I think that's a concern, but I think the Bad Batch is, they're becoming smarter. They understand all this. You know, this is the experience they're gaining, that they've been through these scenarios before, and they don't want to get caught in them again, and they want to find a place to retire. It can't be this place, though, you know? There will come a day when the people of Bad Batch will rest, but it is not this day. <laughs> You mentioned the boat scene with Omega and Liana and Fee at the beginning of this episode actually says like Omega needs kids her own age, which is something that you have said repeatedly throughout our conversations. And so when Omega and Liana are talking and Liana plants the seed of loneliness, do you think that this is going to change Omega's perspective? Because it, it seems like She's not internalizing any of this. This is like us and Fee who are saying, Omega needs friends, but she doesn't necessarily know that she does. That would be really interesting if she says, I don't want to leave. I'm going to stay. And that could play into the rest of the theme of Echo leaving and, you know, Crosshair's mm. not there and that they're all kind of doing their own thing. I don't know if that's something they would set up, but they're planting the seed that once she realizes, oh, I'm maybe I'm a lonely person. Hmm. It's lonely without any friends. And Fee also told that to Hunter and the rest of the Bad Batch. Uh, or maybe she was talking to Tech. I forgot if it was everybody or, or whatnot. But she says, like, you guys aren't thinking about what you're doing here. You're off on these missions and you're raising a child. They say something about, like, oh, we all share the same DNA. I don't see what's wrong with that. And Fee's like, that's your problem. Do you think that she's going to want to stay or how does that impact the rest of the season with Omega? Because the Empire is going to look for her to use her as collateral, you know? So they're not hanging on Pabu forever, but she might have trouble leaving maybe. Yeah, I think that this is leading to Omega having an emotional connection with these people more so than we've seen her have with anyone outside of the Bad Batch. And I think that that will be part of the danger here, or at least that's part of the danger that I'm worried about, is if the Empire does find them there before they have a chance to get away, and the Empire rounds up the people or destroys the place, that will have a much stronger impact on Omega than anything previously, I think. She felt guilt for not being able to save Crosshair, and now she's going to feel guilt for not being able to save the people of Pabu after she connected with them, 
They provided her safe haven. Basically, the Bad Batch were refugees of Pabu for however short of time. And she made a friend, and that friend taught her that she should have friends or that it is okay to have friends her own age. So all of that put together could lead to something bad. That's the thing. That's why I feel so bad about this, because right now, there is no way for us to say all of this will be good. I mean, the season is coming to an end. It almost inevitably has to result in bad. And that's what I'm worried about. And then what is that going to do with Omega going forward? Again, a theme that we picked up in the beginning of this season was who will Omega become? What will Omega become? And if this place gets destroyed and she blames herself and the rest of Clone Force 99, what impact will that have on her? I wish I knew. I just want to watch more. I do feel bad for Omega thinking about this. Like, she's not trying to fight a war. And they've not really been trying to do that anyway. They're retired soldiers. I mean, I guess they defected, but they left the army they were in to do whatever. And they got wrapped up in doing crime. And now they're finally relaxing and they're all seeing like, hey, this is pretty cool. Maybe we could just relax. Yeah. But I think maybe you've nailed it, that it's the false sense of security. It's going to pop off. And that's sad, man, because you you wanted to break free from Sid. You want them to be able to relax and they can't quite pull off all these things yet. Yeah, we've been pushing for them to break away from Sid without considering the consequence of that happening. The bottom line is, when it got to the end of the episode, my first thought was, this is how I wanted the series to end. I would have been very happy with this being the end of the series. Everyone lives happily ever after on Pabu, and it's a real bummer that that's not going to be the case. Like you said, hopefully, maybe they'll find their own Pabu somewhere in the stars. Well, it sounds like more realistically that we get a season finale where they don't all fly off in the Marauder together. Happy ending or, you know, traumatic ending. Somewhere in the middle would be either rehashing old territory or not interesting enough, right? So is the series coming to an end? Or, you know, are we setting up for some really heavy heartbreak? Which Star Wars lately has been pushing those boundaries of tugging on the heartstrings. Do you have any left field conspiracy theories on how the Empire is going to find the Bad Batch? Left field? No. Center field? <laughs> this is right down the middle. Yeah. Sid throws him under the bus. She knows that Fee was there in the ship. So I don't know if they saw, if she saw that Fee was there. So Sid says they're with Fee, find Fee. They'll get whatever bounty hunter they want to track them down. And it will lead them, if not to Pabu, but back to the Marauder. She can say it's the, the ship's the Marauder. They're the Bad Batch clones. Omega's with them. Fee is with them. She's right. She's got all this information that she could throw them under the bus real easy. It's not left field, obviously. But Sid throws him under the bus, Empire's hot on the tail, and calamity ensues. Yeah, I think that that was a recording. Like, that seemed more of a... A voice memo? She left a, a message after the beep. But I almost can't believe how much they're setting up Sid as a villain. We saw instances of her maybe, like, showing a little bit of softness and stuff in the past. But now they're just going full villain. She was a role model to Omega at first we see her like encouraging Omega and she's learning how to uh, use the bow, maybe not like in a very healthy teaching method, 
But still, it seemed like there was a connection there. She teaches her space chess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, very self-serving because she wins it a lot of money. But I was a little bit surprised this episode to see her going full villain. Like, you better come home or I know where you live kind of thing. It was very eerie. I also really liked Fee just picking up the pieces after that, not being like, oh shit, well, I better go or I better get away from you all or you all are in trouble. She's like, don't cross Sid, but she's crossable. I get it. Let's go hide out. She is just like calm, cool, collected. She's there. She helps them out. Like I said before, we did not consider the consequences of them breaking up with Sid. We know that the Empire will be looking for Omega. Whether it leads them to Ord, Mantell, and Sid, we'll see. I would be interested to see if they, like, shut down her operation or destroy her operation. She was worried about that in the beginning of the season. I also wonder if this is, like, she's going to have to sell them out in order to survive. Like, in order to keep doing what she's doing. Because she said, you know, you're obviously not paying attention to what's going on out there. Eventually, uh, the Empire will find this place. So she's ready for it, and she's kind of like been stacking the deck so that when the time comes, she kind of can get out of it. Like you're saying, throw someone else under the bus. Not that that would justify her doing it, but it's kind of like she's strategically setting things up that way. It was Sid all along. You know, it's a double-edged sword because we need more information, but the great thing is that we're going to get more information next week. I think things are going to get real crazy, real quick. There's only two more weeks left. An episode next week and a two-part season finale. Who doesn't love a two-part season finale? There we go. It's going to get real crazy real fast. You heard it here first, folks. Put that on the DVD box set. And of course, we would love to hear what you're thinking about how everything is shaping up. Wherever you like the social media, we are there. Of course, on YouTube, we've been doing so much. We really appreciate the comments. So reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And make sure to tune in next week for our further coverage on Bad Batch and Mando as well. We just posted a Mandalorian review episode. So make sure to check that out. Thank you for listening to the end of the episode today. I've been Royce. I've been Wrecker. And I'm full. (laughs) And we've been... Krypton Krypton 2.